We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 238. We have three lovely guests on today, and I could not be more excited for them as they just launched a new podcast to hit the equestrian world, and it just makes me so happy. It is all about finding humor in our lovely equestrian industry. They are hilarious and so much fun to listen to, and I am low-key trying to become their fourth member. They are now all based in Las Vegas, Nevada, and they get to record their episodes together and talk about different parts of the industry and find some humor in it, which I think is so important. So without further ado, I would love to welcome our guests today, Laura Fernandez, Julia Hansen, and Molly Heroy. Hi, ladies. Hi, Bethany. Hi. Hey. Thank you so much for all of you coming on. I love it. Oh, thank you for having us. We're such huge fans of yours. Truly. It's like an honor oh for gosh. us to be here. You are we're gonna grease Absolutely. we are gonna grease you up. You're such an icon <laughs> in the equestrian world, your platform, and we're all like Uber into what you've done. So thank you for having us on. Wow. Thank you so much. When I, I saw a couple of my friends on Instagram sharing, I didn't, I was um, unaware of what you guys were launching and putting together with the podcast. And then when I saw like so many of my friends share it, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Another equestrian podcast. I'm all about it. So knew I wanted to have you guys on and kind of get the rundown. So we'll start with Laura. Tell me a little bit about how you first kind of found yourself in the world. Yes. So my, my mom rode, her mom rode. I started, I got put on a horse really young at the age of five. I rode um, very loosely growing up. I would take lessons here and there. I would go to a couple county shows. I grew up in uh, Bucks County, Pennsylvania. So about 45 minutes North of Philly and was doing the local show scene. But I will tell you, like growing up, I was like way too into my social life. I was like boyfriends left and right. And that was my priority um, until I got married, obviously. Um, till I got <laughs> till I got married. Just want to make, make note of that. <laughs> stopped. Um, so I got married at 25. And I was, my husband's job brought us out to Vegas. And I was in a spin class. And I'm like, gosh, this sucks. And I call my mom. I'm like, I am like missing something. She goes, why don't you take a riding lesson? And so I did that. I Googled like Hunter Jumper Barnes in Las Vegas. That's where we all live. Googled Hunter Jumper Barnes, found a barn, started half leasing a horse to full leasing to buying horses. And here I am now at 39. I have two horses. I'm uber into it is my passion and I love it. And, um, again, just, it was, it's always been a part of me. It just really became a part of me as I grew up. And then tell me a little bit about your career and what you're doing right now. Yeah. So I, I work in, um, advertising sales. Um, so I work in digital media. I work at Sirius X 
XM. So SiriusXM owns uh, Pandora, another music listening uh, platform, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We have a bunch of ad tech and I head up their travel tourism division. So anytime you hear or see a travel ad, that's my team. And always have been in audio, always been in sales. I mean, I think that's a big reason why I got into sales um, is the horses, because it gave me some flexibility. But that's a, a reason why we really thought about the podca- podcast is, you know, it's such a great medium to be a part of. Obviously, you know that you're knee deep in it. And so somehow to connect with the equestrian world via audio is just so cool and all my all I've done in my career and so to tie riding into it is pretty rad. I love that. I can definitely relate to the idea of like taking stuff in my career um at the time that I knew I was passionate about but like something was just missing and felt like I didn't really have that creative outlet and so um being passionate about photography and fashion um thinking I wanted to work in the fashion industry in LA and I'm like I cannot do the office <laughs> life I need to get back to horses and then you know tried to get creative to find ways to combine everything so I love that um Julia tell me a little bit about how you kind of first found yourself in the horse world and and um, how it kind of got you to where you are today with what you're doing. I was going to say, I am complete opposite of Laura in horses. Yeah. Um, I was the first person in my entire family to ever get into horses. Like my parents were like, we have no idea where it came from. Ever since I could talk, I loved horses. So my parents made um, a deal with me. They're like, okay, when you turn eight, We'll take you to your first horseback riding lesson. And they're like, she'll forget. Like, she's not going to hold on to it. Day I turned eight, I'm like, all right, mom and dad, where are we going? Love and that. from there, you know, it just blossomed into this, you know, extreme passion. Um, my sister, my younger sister worked as a California and she's, you know, pursuing that passion. Um, I kind of got like my whole family into horses through myself. And, you know, my parents would help me groom horses or, you know, they're at every show. And it really just became, you know, like a family ordeal out of this random little girl that just loved horses out of nowhere. So yeah, it's been cool. cool to watch that kind of progress. And like, just, you know, my, my fiance, he's a team roper and I know our kids will be, you know, grow up in horses and it's just cool to be able to, you know, pass that down. I love it. And then Julia, what are you doing right now in terms of career and kind of how you're balancing that with your horses? Yeah. Um, so this is where I followed in Laura's footsteps and Laura's been, you know, a big mentor in my career and just kind of as I grow up and, you know, want to be able to pursue my dreams and go after horses as well, being a young adult, um, I'm in digital media, similar to Laura, um, and I'm currently, I just accepted a new position with um, an influencer marketing agency. So I love it. I'm very excited. You know, this is definitely um, a lot more in my wheelhouse. I get to have a lot more creative say, which I'm really passionate about. Um, And so, you know, being able to combine my creative side with brands that I really admire and have followed for a long time and just, you know, really be part of those campaigns is something I'm super excited about. It's, I mean, this is such a huge job, Bethany. I am like going to, I will grease Julia up right now. Like this (laughs) is, she is, she is downplaying this, but she is working with like 
this massive um, new up and coming influencer ad agency and get this where her training is to kick things off in Paris. Oh, that's casual. Day one, (laughs) day one, she's going to Paris and this gal is relentless. And she is one of the hardest working. Both of these gals are the hardest working women I know. And again, this, this job has been such a, for her, for Julia, it was just a huge uh, move. And so I am personally, I am so excited for her. Oh my gosh. And Julia, I found out that we are going to be in Paris at the same time. So we need to meet up. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. I love it. Um, Molly, Last but not least, let's hear a little bit about your background, what you have done kind of to start in the equestrian community, um, and then where you kind of are today, as well as your career that you're in currently. So um, my mom was a hunter, well, still is um, a hunter jumper trainer. And my dad um, was a casino executive, but he also rodeoed, like on, would just go on the road and was a bulldogger. And so I grew up, excuse me, I grew up on two big giant horse farms in the middle of Las Vegas. So like my dad had the whole Western side going, my mom had a full hunter jumper program happening. So I did a little bit of both, but for some reason, always kind of have been drawn back into the jumper side of things. And, um, you know, it's funny because both of my parents were so into it, but I have six siblings between the two of them and I'm the only one that did anything more than just like learn how to ride casually. So I just got the gene, I guess. Seriously. Did they kind of like fight over which discipline you were going to do? No, not at all. Because I think that my dad thought it was like, so cute, the like hunter jumper world. And so he would like take me to the little horse shows, even when it was like his weeks and I was at his house, he would drive me over to my mom's to take lessons with my trainers. Like he was into it. He liked it. Oh, that's so cute. I love it. And then what are you up to now? So when I got married and had kids and my couple months of maternity leave was up, I was like, I really don't see myself like dropping my baby off at daycare and being away from him that much. And so I took a year off, but then I was kind of itching to do something. And there was a mobile tax store that had been in town and had changed hands a couple times, but I had grown up like going there and like, it was a big deal to like go buy your tailored sportsman. And it was so fun. And it was like, you should buy that. And I was like, okay, I just quit my job. We're like 26 years old. We just bought a new house. I have a little baby. My husband's the only person making any money. Like he's not going to go for that. And I was like, you know, somebody mentioned like this would kind of be, I'd never worked in retail, nothing. Like I I knew about horses, but nothing else. And he was like, yeah, you should do it. Like, yeah, trainer savings, buy it, do it, get out there. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. So I did it. And I started by like, kind of just clearing out all that old inventory, like spent some money to kind of fix the trailer up, get it rewrapped, those kind of things. And that was seven years ago now. And it's been a steadily growing business with adding the online side. I love being at the horse shows and now my kids are in school. So it's a little different, but when they were little, I just took them to the horse shows and it was, it was great. It's been such a huge, it feels meant to be truly. Wow. That's so cool. And I love how you guys all make up such different kind of like backgrounds and different parts of the industry and have found 
a cool way to come together, which I don't really know that story. Laura, how did you guys come together and like meet each other and then decide that you wanted to start the podcast? Great question. So the the Las Vegas riding community is is pretty small. Molly, how many barns are there in Vegas? There's like five or six, you know, barns yeah. that are actively out there horse showing. Yeah. So it's a pretty tight knit community. And Julia and I met, I guess, 15 years ago. We were um, we were at a, a ride hunter jumper barn in Las Vegas. Julia and I became fast friends and um, I really watched Julia grow up and she's just one of the most like dynamic and fun people to be around and truly like a little sister to me. And uh, Molly um, met through Tack of the Town. So her mobile tax store, she would come to our barn that we're at now. And we just became all just the one thing about us is that while we all are at different life stages, we have different backgrounds you know, even different riding levels. We all really like each other a lot. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, yeah, we may be a little bit type A in our personalities, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. And we had, um, we also move really quickly. Uh, we went to dinner, I guess this will now be about two months ago, went to dinner. It was actually a dinner uh, Molly and I just had, and Julia, you, um, you did crash it, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, Julia crashed. It's so hard. You know, um, we had dinner, Molly and I always have a standing dinner. So Julia came along and we're riffing and we're just going through things. And we said, all of us agreed. They're like, we should start a podcast. And three weeks later we were in studio and we launched, we all moved really quickly to make this happen. And you know, the big reason of why we launched um, the Three Stride podcast was we wanted to connect with equestrians and just have fun. And we wanted to feel like you're chit-chatting with your friends at the barn or at the show. And honestly, we felt podcast was such a great medium to do it because in the equestrian community, people are moving so quickly, whether they're driving to the barn, driving to work, driving to horse shows. And there's all these incremental moments where we can't reach them with visual media. So we thought podcasts would be a great avenue to do it. And we do. I, I think Molly said one time, she's like, I'm obsessed with us. And we really are. We really like each other. And we all bring different things to the table. Definitely. I mean, even with you talking about your, your like standing dinner, I'm like, oh, I want to crash too. Like, so it's like, which I think oh, yeah. is perfect that your podcast is pretty much that because it like really allows people to um, hang out with you guys. And I think take taking the equestrian industry lightly and have some fun with it in general is very much needed, especially, you know, like I don't know whether whatever discipline you're a part of, I feel like there's always um, different levels where it's just like so serious. There's so much yes. judgment. There's so much, um, you know, like keeping up with the status quo or how things have always been done. And it, it, I think just having a space where you can just laugh a little, exchange some funny stories and just, um, yeah. I think you're still celebrating the idea of like why we are all in the sport and why we are all horse people. Um, but I just, I'd love the angle. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's, we, the sport is so, it can be so stressful. I mean, 
we, we get into this all the time, but it can be really stressful. And so for us to find the humorous side of things and just laugh and riff with each other, that's what it's all about. And I tell everybody, like, if you're not having fun all the time, like if you're not enjoying not just the writing, but like the hanging out at the horse show and the dinners with your barn friends, like it's too much work and too expensive to not really enjoy all of it. And there's going to be stressful moments and like good moments and bad moments. But for the most part, you have to be able to just go with it and be having a great time or it just, it takes too much out of you. If you've been riding for a bit, chances are you have the blisters, saddle sores, and rubs on your feet and your heels to prove it. So Dreamers and Schemers has amazing boot socks that are not only super cute, but they have a lightly padded and moisture wicking footbed and flat seam toe to really protect those problem areas. But not only are Dreamers and Schemers socks a great way to express yourself in a subtle way, but they also have an amazing feature, and that is the black cuff at the top of the sock to prevent any pattern peekaboo in the ring. The super fun colors and amazing quality also extends to the other Dreamers and Schemers products, and those are the main Jane leather belts and leather spur straps. They literally carry any color and texture leather you can possibly think of with amazing reversible belts, I love the main Jane belts, and really heavy duty and fashionable spur straps. So to find out more information, head over to their website at dreamersandschemers.com. That's D-R-E-A-M-E-R-S n-s-c-h-e-m-e-r-s.com. Thank you so much, dreamers and schemers. All right, let's head back to the episode. For you guys personally, you know, doing all of your careers and businesses, and then also taking on something like the podcast, um, while I am super jealous that you guys all get to do it together and I'm over here by myself in my home office, I think it's so crazy just like logistically how you guys all have to get together even to go to the studio to record plus your you know family life, plus your work life and riding and all of that. So Molly, how would you say that you are able to balance all of that? It's definitely a challenge. We all try to really plan ahead. For me, the work stuff is flexible and the way that I do my work is probably really unorthodox and a lot of people wouldn't like it. But for me, it's what works. Like I wake up in the morning, I get the kids off to school. I do all my emails, a couple things, some online orders. Then I usually go to the bar and ride, pick the kids up, do all the sports get dinner done and then go back and do another couple hours of work. So I can be flexible and um, work around the girls who have, you know, certain meetings that they have to do and things like that unless I'm at the horse show. But one of the things that I think was important to all three of us was to be in the same um, studio together. And we just felt like that was going to bring our energy of like our dinners and our hanging out when we're at the horse show. And whether it's literally sitting on the bench in front of my tax store at the horse show or at a dinner at home, or just randomly happening to be at the barn at the same time, there's a dynamic between the three of us that we wanted to bring to people. And so we've prioritized getting in the studio and being together. I think, um, I think a little more energy to, you know, see each other and feel each other's energy and laugh at each other. So (laughs) 
Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's so true. I think being together, um, especially after not being able to be together for the past, like what, almost two years with COVID and everything. Um, it's, it's definitely refreshing. So even for people who are, you know, often driving on their commutes or heading to the barn or maybe even riding while they're listening to the podcast, I think it just is super fun having that dynamic of all of you together. Um, obviously a big part of the industry, as I kind of alluded to before is maybe like judgment that, maybe others will put on themselves or other people um, throughout the equestrian community. Um, how would you say, um, Julia, that you guys kind of deal with the various kinds of judgment? Is it, is it something that you kind of allude to on the podcast? And, and how do you kind of approach that? Um, yeah, you know, I know for us three, um, we're very much into kind of our own thing. And I think that's you know, part of why our podcast is the way it is and it's authentically us, um, you know, with any sort of sport or especially a predominantly female sport, you know, there's going to be stuff that comes up. There's some drama, there's jealousy, especially in horses. And, you know, I really think that we deal with it in, you know, being us, we don't really let it affect us. Um, we just kind of, continue on and do our own thing. And we don't, you know, let some of the negatives of the sport impact how it's affecting us in our passion for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. Jay is we, we try not to let it impact us. And there's definitely is a lot of there's, there is judgment, but it at the core to Julia's point is that it does you know, stem from sometimes jealousy. And so, but one thing that I think that we all do keep in the back of our mind is control what we can, and we can only control our feelings and our thoughts. I will say as, as I've gotten older, I'm 39 now, I, I see things a little bit differently. And I also have um, cut back a little bit of my filter. So if someone is openly judging and openly critiquing maybe something that I didn't really want to hear. I'm all about just saying, Hey, chill. Like, that's not exactly like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that to you, to your face, uh, you know, to your face, like just take a moment. So I don't think there's anything wrong with also addressing it too. If mm -hmm. that's like, if that's happening in that moment. Totally. I think I, I was listening to a bar stool, um, show a little while back and the host was talking about something about like um someone passing judgment like in either in front of like a group of people like toward you or even just at you and her response to it was to be like you know if someone says something like negative or passive aggressive or whatever to just be like and what's your point? And I feel like that's like <laughs> yep. so amazing because it's like, it really puts it back on the other person's and gets to kind of like the root yeah. of like, why did you even say that? Yeah. You can almost say like, what are you trying to accomplish by, by telling me that it, I didn't have a great pace going into the two stride and you would have done this. Molly, you have like a really great analogy of the people that um, are judging, I thought. When we were talking about this on our last podcast episode. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my whole point with all of that is that it's never somebody that's like so amazing and great that you idolize. It's not, it's not like, 
McLean Ward's not sitting ringside saying, oh, hey, you should have done blah, blah, blah. It's it's just somebody with not enough to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, I don't know, It's it, it does happen and it's out there. But I am a little bit like a duck in that regard where I let it roll off my back because it's just, it's only that. Like, could, if you think in your mind, like, could that person have gone out there and done that any better? Usually the answer is no. Yeah. That's, that's a really good So how much weight can their opinion really hold? Right. Exactly. Um, and as we know, uh, kind of another big topic is that the the fact that riding is just so expensive. Like, obviously, you guys are all working amateurs and, um, you know, always trying to navigate the balance between, you know, living life and your career and yep. your family and expenses of the sport. Um, Julia, tell me a little bit about how you kind of find ways to do this while you are also keeping Uno and then your job and and how how do you manage that with the expenses of the sport? Um, well, I will say, Bethany, <laughs> having horses and being so passionate about it is definitely a big driver in you know why I work so hard and I'm constantly pushing myself, you know, not only to evolve in my career, but even as a person and through my writing, you know, it's, it's something so important to me that it's really, you know, the basis of why I work so hard and why, you know, I'm always looking to better and continue on and grow in my career. Um, you know, growing up, I was fortunate enough to have my parents fully support you know, this extremely expensive passion. And it wasn't until, you know, I was older that I truly realized how great and how lucky I was that, you know, my parents supported this. And it's almost been something that's also, you know, driven me to pay them back in a sense of like, just really appreciating them and them seeing, you know, me want to be able to afford it myself. And, you know, we've talked about it in um, an episode of our podcast too. Us three, you know, we've never relied on someone else to provide this for us as, you know, we're adults. So I think, you know, a big commonality us three have is the fact that because we love this expensive sport, you know, we will do whatever we will hustle. We will grind in order to be able to continue on in this sport. And, you know, down the line, you know, provide my kids with this sport if, if they want to, and just really have horses as a part of life growing up in the future. And that was something I didn't truly realize until even semi-recently with, you know, that is a big passion of mine. And that is something that I will do whatever I need to in my career and work hard and, you know, always be accessible to clients. And I'm always ready to jump on a call or an email just in order to, you know, be able to provide myself this passion and this such a release of stress, even it's, you know, it's my happy place and I don't want that to go away. So, you know what, I'm like, I will sit down, I'll buckle up and I'm going to grind to be able to keep that. Laura, what would you say is something that you're super passionate about within the equestrian space that you feel like people either just don't know a lot about or don't talk enough about? 
I I'm a music gal. I've always loved the music industry just as much as, well, actually I love the horse industry a little bit more, but I always wanted to bring the two together. I can't tell you how many times I've entered the show ring where there's Fleetwood Mac, uh, Mac playing in the background or like an, El- <laughs> an Elton John song. And I'm like, yeah. how rad would it be if you could pick what type of song or what song you want to hear when you go into the arena or even like do something? I think that in sports, um, you know, if you look at NFL or NBA or um, MLB, they're all having players like curate their own playlist and music that inspires them and gets them pumped up. You know, I have my own personal like pre-show playlist that I have like to jam out to, to get me all ready to go. So how can we bring the two together? And I think that it'd be interesting to hear, especially like a lot of like big name writers, you know, whether it's like an Ashley Bond or a Carl Cook, you know, they'll sometimes you know, drop a song that they're listening to on their social media, but like how cool it'd be if they had their own channel that they have music that gets them pumped up. Because I think from a writer perspective, I mean, Bethany, do you listen to music? I mean, that's a very simple question. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Do you, do you have your own playlist that you listen to, like to get you pumped up and ready to go compete? Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, I feel like that's something in the sport. I know it's fun. I mean, yes, I, I know it's something a little out there, but I, I think that there has to be something there that we could tie music and writing um, and together a little bit better. I love that. I think that I've thought about that so many times, uh, just thinking like, you know, watching like a five-star Grand Prix at WEF and it's like, I wish that everyone could pick their songs because I feel oh, like right? that would make so much sense. Instead, Elton John, I mean, I love Elton John, but like Elton John's like playing in the background when it's like, you know, McLean is going through. I'm like, I bet he didn't want that song. Yep, absolutely. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about the Three Stride podcast. Obviously, that's why you guys are here. Tell me a little bit about, um, obviously, kind of like how you started it. Um, there was a super short period of time. You said like three weeks, which is amazing. Yeah, we we went to, yeah, I mean, it was probably around two weeks, but we went to dinner and that night we figured out like, okay, we're going to launch the podcast. We started a, a group message, obviously. Which we already had. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we put the title on yeah, it. We, we renamed our group message. We renamed it uh, to the Three Stride uh, podcast. Next day, we had a logo. Molly's husband, Ryan, created our logo. We, um, I had a meeting. So I think our dinner was on like a... Saturday Saturday. night. So Monday I had a meeting with one of the executive producers at Stitcher, pitched them the idea. And he was like, yeah, that sounds good. Send me your first like go at it. And so my husband is a radio morning show host in town and also does uh, TV. So he was like, okay, well, my friend has a studio. Uh So we'll go uh, book the studio, booked it. I got the hosting platform, um, put together outlines. And then two weeks later, we record our first episode. Uh, Julia, you got all the social set up. Yes. I love the social aspect and, you know, I love Canva. So I'm on Canva creating graphics and just really getting 
to be able to be creative and share things on social, which is definitely one of my passions. But we we locked in that name, the Three Strike oh, yeah. Podcast. So, in- so amazing. Instantly. And yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one of the, um, you know, we all had, you know, a marketing background marketing mind. So we understood how to move fast. And we also are so proactive. And that's where we were able to just put things together so quickly. And, you know, I think in life, um, you know, people come up with a lot of ideas. And they're like, you know what, I want to do this, I want to do, you know, uh, launch this. And then they sit on it. We never sat on it. And we just moved so quickly. For, for me personally, like, I don't even want to put things out in the universe if I don't know I'm actually going to do it. And so for us to put it out in the universe that we were going to create a podcast, we were going to do it because Julie and I hear a lot of people that want to launch things and, you know, they sit on it, but we didn't sit on it and we moved quickly and, and here we are. And we got, um, I don't know, Bethany, maybe if this is good or not, but within um, 10 days, I think we got 600 downloads. All right. so, okay. That's great. I feel yeah, I, I, for not being celebrities in the least, um, pretty much, I think, like combined social media. Well, Tech of the Town has a big, yeah, yeah. Tech of the Town has a medium following, but um, I'm not great at the social media part of it, really. I kind of burned myself out and I'm trying to get better again. But I think that if you wait, you can talk yourself out of it for a million different reasons. Oh, yeah. So if I've learned that, like, if you have a good idea and you really like it, just, throw yourself to the fire and yes. get out there yeah, because yeah. what's the worst that's going to happen. And I would, I would also argue like passion obviously has a lot to do that too, because I, while I am a major big picture person, I mean, I have, I tell people I have like three full-time jobs because I just like keep deciding I want to do more things. Um, I have also sat on some things, but looking back, I think that maybe they lacked a little bit more passion than stuff like my equestrian style or the podcast that I was just literally like, I'm starting. And like, maybe didn't have all my ducks in a row even yet, but I just was like, I love this. I'm going to do it right now. Yeah. I think flying by the sea or pants has been, um, a little bit of our mantra. Yep. We just go. My specialty is breaking more. <laughs> I know I'm a very um, structured individual. I calendar block my whole day and I feel like calendar block my whole life. Cause people were asking like, how do you, how do you have the time to do it? And I'm like, well, I looked and I'm like, I spend around seven to 10 hours a month um, watching TV that I really don't mm. like. So I'm like, we converted that to this wow. and I get to hang out with these two gals. Oh, I love that. That's so fun. How often are you guys coming out with new episodes? Every Tuesday. Um, so what we do is we go in the studio um, once or twice a month um, on the weekend. Uh, our episodes are quick, 15 to 20 minutes. Nice. And we record a couple episodes. And so we'll have, I think, the next seven ready to go um, after our next studio time. And Molly, where can people find the Three Stride podcast? All major podcast platforms. So Stitcher, um, your Apple Podcasts, any online on our on our website. It's available on all the major What's uh, our website? platforms. Three number new world <laughs> stridepodcast.com. Locked that in early. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. But yeah, I think that's my my like major 
life accomplishment is managing to claim equestrian podcast. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I was like, how is this not taken yet? But I'll take it. <laughs> it's so good. I mean, Stephanie, again, you are, you are the pillar and it again is so nice to, to connect with you. And we have all listened to your podcast. I mean, numerous times and big fans and what you're building on social or what you have built. I mean, you're literally the, I think the leader in this whole industry. So you've done a really good job here. Wow. Thank you guys so much. I have seriously loved having you on and I am serious. I'm planning on coming out there to make, maybe we do like a little, a little mini, uh, four stride series. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So Bethany, listen to this, what we're getting here in the studio, they're building out it's like going to be like the late night show. Like we're going to have big comfy chairs. We're going to have mic set up. You come out to Vegas, have, you can ride, obviously you can ride one of our horses Perfect. and then you can do the podcast and you can have like a whole like sit down session. Well, you know, it's like, I don't know if I've told you guys this, but it's like my life goal to have my own TV show. So the idea of a comfy chair, I feel like I'm halfway there. Yeah, you got to do it. <laughs> Amazing. Now, so I, we expect you to be launching it pretty okay. soon. We're going to be launching it in two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> got it. Okay. <laughs> Laura, I might need you to like help block in some some time to make that happen. But. <laughs> yes, I will. Oh, guys, thank you so much for coming on today. It was such a blast to hear from each of you and how you've managed to take kind of all of your passions and your skill sets to create the Three Stride podcast. I'm so happy that you're a part of this community with me and with all of our other um, lovely equestrian influencers and businesses and podcasts. So it is so great to have you. And I am so excited to continue listening to the podcast and I wish you guys all the best. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much and I will talk to you next week.